I am excited. I am excited. I am excited. This is Pastor Luke with Kingdom Connections, connecting our life to the kingdom of God. I'm excited about what the Lord has given me for the next 17, 16 weeks. And it, it has everything to do with how we are to operate here on this earth. I start to started to think about, okay, Lord, you have all of these pastors all over the land and you have pastors and ministers and all these people who preach your holy word. And you want all of us to preach and teach something specific, something unique. There's something about us that you and and something about your word that you want us to bring out because we all can't bring out everything all at the same time because we can only teach one thing at a time because we're all individuals. But I think a lot a lot of times God speaks to a group of ministers preach about this. Now you this group preach about this and your group preach about this. And I'm hearing a lot of preachers talk about revival, revival, revival. Yes, yes, yes. And I hear people talking about discernments and things like that and 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 you know God has given me those things personally, especially discernment personally. But as a as a preacher and a teacher, he hasn't he hasn't told me to preach discernment so much. He hasn't told me to preach about revival. And I'm like, Lord, am I missing it? Am I not hearing you? But every time I think about the things that the Lord has asked me to talk about, it has everything to do with holiness. It has to do with holiness. I said, Oh, you want me to help disciple your church. Look at the people who are in the church and disciple them. That's what you want me to do. I don't know how, however long he wants me to do that. It could just be for the moment, for the season. It could be for the rest of my life. <clears throat> but what I am taxed to do uh, for the next 16 weeks is talk about how he wants his church to operate. There's thousands of different places you can go in the Bible and things you can put together for us to understand how we are supposed to live as Christians. How are we supposed to live as kingdom citizens, as sons of God, sons of Christ? He, he's, he's giving us so many different examples. Easy, easy, easy. <clears throat> Yet we don't live right. So if, if there's something that's not being done, it has to be taught over and over and over again because it's either not being done, it's, it's being forgotten about, it's not being emphasized. So one of my favorite things besides talking about the spiritual gifts is talking about the fruit of the spirit. Very popular topic. We always talk about the, the fruit of the spirit. But a lot of times when we talk about the fruit of the spirit, it's in passing or it's in it's something that we list. <clears throat> So the topic for the next 16 weeks is what is the fruit of the spirit, how it, how it is uh, the new man, the new way of living, and what is, what, what's the definition and understanding of each, uh, each part of the fruit. We got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We have those nine. We talk about them, but I'm going to actually take a whole lesson to talk about just one fruit at a time. It might take 16 weeks, it might take longer, but this is something that we need to really understand because this is who 
God is. This is who Christ is. The spirit that's living on the inside of you, that's his attributes. The way we get to know someone is to study them, to understand them, to ask questions, to see how they tick. And and, 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 and in order for there to be a dialogue and a conversation and a connection, I have to be able to mesh with his attributes. This is the new man that I am. This is the new man and woman that you are. You have this spirit on the inside of you. You have this spirit on the inside of you. So what is the fruit of the spirit? Now, I, I wrote a lot of stuff and I I hope it makes sense altogether. <laughs> but there's a lot of there's so much to even talk about. And I'm going to get it all in. <clears throat> but we're not going to talk about each individual fruit. We're just going to talk about. What is not each? Sorry, not each. There's one fruit, but there's attributes to the fruit. We're not going to talk about all of the attributes of the fruit. We're just going to talk about the fruit and what it is, what it means. So here's the scripture. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. That's Galatians five twenty two through twenty three, and that's the ESV version. The King James version reads this: But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. The NLT version is similar to the the ESV version. This says. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And the Amplified Classic Version says this and gives a little bit more information. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which he, uh, he presents, Sorry, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within us accomplishes is love, joy, which is gladness, peace, patience, which is an even temper, an even temper or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, which is meekness and humility, self-control, which is self-restraint. Against such there is no law that can that can bring a charge. So I I, I got the ESV version, the can, the Kingdom James, uh, the Kingdom James, the King James version, the uh, NLT and the Amplified Classic version. And I said these things over and over again just so you can hear the slight differences in all of them, but also just to repeat it over and over again for repetition, so we know what these what these things are. Sometimes we read verses one time and, and we think that's it. And I do that a lot. Just read it one time and then I go on, go on about my day. But we need to sometimes just repeat things over and over again to let it sink in our spirit. We might not even consciously understand what we're saying or understand the depths of what we're speaking about. But our spirit man and the spirit inside of us, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit, understands everything that we're saying. And he is shaping it and molding us and making us into what we are speaking. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So when I was thinking about this, uh, I, I wanted to understand more about what the Lord wants us to bring out or, or, or understand about these these attributes, his attributes. And this phrase came to my mind. The law is to the fleshly man as the fruit of the spirit is to the spirit man. And we're going to talk more about that a little bit later. I just want to put that there. When we live our life, we walk by the spirit. We don't walk by the flesh, the law, religion, rituals. But we'll come back to that. What is the fruit of the spirit? We named them all nine. Once again, I'm going to say them again. And for the next 16 weeks, it's going to be a broken record. But for those who hear this, you're going to understand and know what the fruit of the Spirit is. Because these are supposed to be your attributes. These are supposed to be the way you are and how you are operating here. Because if you have these these things operating in you, that is bringing heaven to earth. You, when we, when God wants to bring heaven to earth, it's you that brings that heaven. It's you. It's you being heaven. It's not something over there or something over there. It's the it's it's you. You have the Holy Spirit, and you are the one who's bringing heaven here. God has brought heaven to here uh, to you. By allowing you to accept him, accept his, his son, so we can have the Holy Spirit. So having these attributes is having heaven on earth. What is the Holy Spirit? It is the evidence of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the evidence of the Holy Spirit. I think I said that right. I wanted to start with this one first because I grew up thinking... That the only way you know someone has the Holy Spirit is if they speak in tongues. So if you haven't spoken in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. But how can you provide evidence of something that you can easily fake? You can, if, there are a lot of people going around speaking all these different tongues. But that's not enough evidence to show the, for the Holy Spirit. That's not an everyday way of showing the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can't speak in tongues every single day. Not saying that your tongues might be, might be fake or might not be fake, but that's not an adequate way of showing God's attributes. The evidence of the Holy Spirit is who you're going to be now and who you're going to be in eternity. You're not going to be speaking in tongues. There's no need to speak in tongues in, in, a, mystery, in a mysterious language. In a prayer language, God is going to be right there. We don't need to have that advocate in heaven for us because he, there's nothing for him to advocate for because we will be made perfect. We need to show something inside of us that can't be faked. You can't fake the fruit. You either have it, whether it's big or small, or you don't. You either have love or you don't. You either have kindness, which a lot of people struggle with, or you don't. You either have that gentleness or you don't. 
So the evidence of the Holy Spirit are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And speak and 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 um, quoting scriptures is not a way of showing evidence of the Holy Spirit. Your intent and in how you speak, how you think about the ways you 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 uh, you say to someone else, how you talk to your neighbor with love and season with salt, how you are presenting yourself as a, uh, an example of a kingdom citizen. It's all about the intent of the heart, what's happening on, on the inside of you when you are displaying yourself, when you are showing your personality. It has to do with what's happening on the inside. With whatever is happening on the inside that's causing godly attributes to come out. That's how we're going to know if it's real. If that God is coming out of you. If God is coming out of you, those things that, that are like him. What is, the, what is the fruit of the spirit? It's the nature of God. It's the attributes of God. It's the character of God. It's who he is. We are trying to be like Christ. That is our example. Christ displayed all of these attributes. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. He displayed all of those things. And if you want to do an in-depth study of the parables of Jesus and how he talked to people and how he maneuvered, you can easily identify all nine of these fruit happening all the time. You can say, well, when he said this statement, he was practicing patience. When he did this, he was practicing love. When he hung on the cross, he practiced um, love. He was displaying love. When he was beat, when he was whipped, he was displaying self-control. When he was talking to the woman at the well, gentleness. You can these all of these attributes of the of the spirit, you can actually tag one or more, if not all of them, to a, a scenario or a scene where Jesus went, was interacting with someone. Even when he was in private, even when he was in his personal prayer, he was displaying God's character. Why? Because he's God. But that's the example that he wants to set for us. So, the fruit of the Spirit. How do we get it? Is it something that just pop up out of nowhere? Or is there something that needs to, is that something that we have to work for? Is it something that we pay? Do we have to pay into it? What do we do? So, salvation is the way we get the fruit. So when we confess and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and we accept him as our Savior, our Lord and personal Savior, here comes the Holy Spirit to live inside of us and we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if people happen to speak in tongues, that happens after the Holy Spirit comes and tongues happen or you have an outward expression or you begin to pray in tongues automatically. But that doesn't happen for everybody. Most people it doesn't happen for. So Romans 10 and 9 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, 
you will be saved. And if you believe those things, if you confess it with your mouth, if you believe it in your heart, then you are saved and you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Once the temple of once you are once you become the temple of the Holy Spirit, now you have the fruit of the Spirit. You have the potential to have love, joy, peace, long suffering, goodness, faithfulness, all of them. You have the small little seed of the fruit. And it comes in at salvation. You can't try to obtain the fruit. You can't just say, um, just I want to do all this work and all this work and all this work and all this work so I can get, no, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You have to confess with your mouth and you have to believe in your heart. And if, if you try to obtain the fruit outside of him, it's not the fruit because the fruit is connected to the vine. The fruit is connected to the vine. And John 15, 4 and 5 says, remain in me. And I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me, I and them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So you can go ahead and grow an artificial fruit, but how is that fruit going to be maintained? How is it going to be nurtured? What does it connect to? Because once you pluck off a fruit from the vine, it's dead. You killed it. You plucked it from its source. It might look beautiful and appetizing to eat, but let that fruit sit there and see what happens. What happens to that fruit when, it, when it's disconnected from the vine, when it drops to the ground? Immediately, once it's disconnected, it's dead. It starts the process of death. Slowly decays and transforms and turns into ugly, gushy mess that the, 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 the animals come to devour. So we can't produce our own and expect it to be maintained and be remotely the same as what Christ can offer because we have to be connected to him in order to have the proper nourishment for our fruit to grow. It has to grow. Now, this last part of the verse, it says, against such there is no law. I would read that thing over and over and over and over and over again and not know what the heck that's talking about. Oh, against such what? Like what? Because it, it seems like such a simple thing, but I had no idea what they're talking about. So I had to do an in-depth research about against such there is no law. Everybody has their little hangups. This was always my hangup. So I wrote down a couple of things about, you know, how this, these things made me understand against such there is no law. So this, I'm going to go back up to this one statement that I read and I read the law is the fleshly, the law is to the fleshly man as the fruit of the spirit is to the spiritual man. And here it says against, against such there is no law against the fruit of the spirit. There is no law. So, 
what I wrote down, it says, there is no law that can come against the nature of God. There is no law. God does not make a law against the nine five, sorry, the nine fruit of the spirit for their other virtues that God desires believers to supernaturally manifest in Christ-like walk. So God is not going to make up something that goes against who he is. Because these things fully meet the demands of the law. No law can touch them. So a lot of times we get we get confused because we want to add a bunch of rituals and routines and things and think that's also going to be pleasing God. What is the only thing that pleases God? Faith. And we have to have the faith that we have these attributes and just start to walk in them. You make mistakes, but God will teach you to walk in these things because they're already there because we have to learn them. These new things, are they're not our nature. It's not something that we are all born with. We're, we're not, we can try to be nice. We can try to show love. We can try to have self-control. But we fail miserably every single time. Because we have no source to ha for, to, for us to display this self-control. We have no source of love and no source of peace, no source of joy. There is no law which speaks against people who live in this way. And I like the application Bible and how they put their description. They said, because the God who sent the law also sent the spirit, the byproduct of the spirit filled life is the perfect harmony with the intent of God's law. A person who is rich in the fruit of the spirit fills the law far better than a person who observes the, the ritual but has little love in his heart. So we want to fulfill the law. Christ already filled, fulfilled the law by his sacrifice. So we don't have to look at 613 Jewish laws. We don't have to look at the Ten Commandments. We don't have to wear certain fabrics and eat specific things to separate ourselves to show sanctification away from other nations. What separates us? The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. There, We can't look at laws. We can't look at traditions, way, the way things are just are or how they have been. Or I need to have my hair a certain way. I need to have my clothes a certain way. I need, there is a modest and decent way we should dress. But there are people who took it to the extreme where there are some people who had to wear dresses down to their ankles and that's their way of showing holiness. They had to make sure that their, their hair was long or a woman can never cut, cut her hair or a man have to have a brush cut. or All these look, you can't wear jewelry, you can't wear makeup, you can't wear all these things because for some reason looking holy and looking sanctified means you're looking homey. You're looking uh, someone who doesn't like to keep themselves up. It's okay to cut your nails and cut your hair. It's okay to wear certain fabrics. It's okay to wear shorts. It's okay for women to wear pants. I, I, I think it's okay. It doesn't make you less holy. What makes you holy? Not your clothes. Your clothes don't make you holy. The Holy Spirit will give you the direction on what to wear and what not to wear. But what makes you holy? 
the Holy Spirit. And it's not what you wear. The law does not make you more holy. The law does not push you towards um, God after you already have the Holy Spirit. What the law does is to show us, to show the flesh, because before, let me back up. Before we are saved, we are a non-believer. The law is used for the non-believer to understand why they need Christ. Because you have sinned, you have done this, you have committed adultery, you have you have had uh, um, sex before you married, you have gotten drunk multiple times, you have cheated on your test, you have lied, you have stolen, you have done all these things. And the law is to show you that you do not possess the ability to maintain righteousness alone. You need a savior to come and help you with those things. So the law points us to Christ. The law doesn't save. Christ saves. The law tells, tells us to shows us to take our eyes off ourselves and put our eyes on Christ because he's the one who's going to clean us of all this dirt and mess that we are in. So once we have made the confession, we don't need to look at the law. We look at the law to understand where things have come so we can understand God's word because it's God's word. If we, if we read God's word, we understand more of our Savior. But we don't look to the law to learn how to live. We look to Christ to learn how to live. Christ shows us how to operate in the kingdom of God. We look at him. We learn about the old, but we look to him to live. And I wrote this. With the Holy Spirit's leading, his fruit grows within us, becoming our true nature. We are saved by faith, not works. It is God's work that helped us to become Christ-like, not by the works of our hands. Our work may have, uh, may have hidden or invisible corruption, not covered by the purity of the Spirit. That presents a flaw and disqualifies us from earning favor with God through our own abilities. The problem that we're facing, have been facing for thousands of years, and still facing right now is the spirit of religion, a religious spirit. Everyone wants to do the same thing over and over and over and over again. God is a God. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, meaning he is who he is to his core. But God is also a creative God. God also likes to do a new thing, a creative thing. He likes to do creative things to be able to express who he is without deviating from who he is. Being creative doesn't mean that we deviate from who he is. Some people get that twisted and start to make up their own stuff and create their own doctrine based upon how they feel. It doesn't matter how you feel. Who cares? I don't care about how you feel. And I don't care about how I feel. I care about what Christ says. 
and we are to do things like him and his leading how the word of god says and also how he is speaking to us because he is still speaking he is still speaking to us because we have to have instruction on how to use the word of god and make it fit for today what's happening today didn't happen when he was alive there are st the sins are similar but how we are approaching these people are different because societies are different. So we need the fresh remnant word from God. We need the Holy Spirit to be able to talk to us on how to handle ourselves in this ever-increasing sinful world. And it's not going to be the same how it used to. We're not going to have the same approach. So our works that we do with our hand have to come from God. Our works does, do not bring us closer to him because we can't get closer to him than we already are. It does not bring him, it does not make us more saved. The work is an after effect. It's, it's an outpouring of our relationship with him. If I'm going to feed the poor, or sorry, if I'm going to feed the hungry, I'm doing it because there's a bubbling in my spirit. The Holy Spirit is bubbling saying, feed this person, feed this person, feed this person. It's because he's leading me to do these things. It's not because, well, I'm going to go and feed the hungry so I can be, so I can be, be in the throne of his kingdom. No. Because you're doing it for selfish reasons. You're doing it for yourself. That's not, an, that's not what Christ did. That's not a fruit. Uh, that, that's not part of the fruit. So, against us there is no law. There's no law that we need to follow that's going to make us more holy. We have to follow Christ. We have to follow the Spirit. We have to follow the fruit of the Spirit. That's all we have to do, amongst other things. When it comes to our Christian character, that's who we are. Here's the last part. How is the fruit understood and increased? How can we understand the fruit of the Spirit? We could look at the Word of God. We can study the ones who went before us. We can pray and develop our relationship with God and people. Because when you're developing your relationship with God, you're learning about Him. When you're developing relationships and being able to, to relate to other people, that's when your fruit is challenged. That's when your fruit really has to go to work. The fruit become active when it's uh, more so, and uh, the fruit becomes active and is noticeable to you when when it's challenged. When someone is challenging the love, because sometimes the love just outpours, outpour, outpour, but you, you get you, you. You also have to be tested, and you you get a chance to figure out. Am I, am I really loving? Am I, do I really have joy? Or can my joy easily be taken because of circumstances, because of people? Your, your, your fruit grows through testing and trials. The Lord prunes you. The Lord carves you. The Lord brings things to you too. He, he allows things to happen. He allows it to happen so you can grow. It sucks. It hurts. 
but you grow anyway because that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to have more responsibility. If he can give you more, you have a greater reward. So he wants to prepare you for all these things so you can expand his kingdom to do great things on his behalf and make his glory known because he loves people so much. But also, he's going to give to you. He's going to bless you for it. He's not going to bless someone who's just sitting there doing nothing. You'll be at the level of blessings with the sinner man. I don't want to be at the level of blessing with the sinner man. I want to be, I want to get more than them because you're my God. You're my source. If everything I, I, I need is coming from you, God, I expect the best. I expect the best job, the best house, the best money. And besides those material possessions, Lord says, stop, stop talking about material possessions. I'm a spiritual God. I expect healing in my body. I expect forgiveness. I want a heart of repentance. I want to be able to treat people with kindness. I want to stand out because I have the attributes of God. And yes, I want thanks. You can also learn through observation. So, this, all of this is in Galatians. In Galatians, is all, it was all about people coming in and Jewish people coming in to the Gentiles and saying, you can have, you can be, you can be saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, but you also have to have this thing. You have to do this thing. You have to get circumcised. You have to wear this thing. You got to do this thing. And Paul, Peter, Paul had to go back and scratch all that. So no, it's not about the law. It's about Christ. It's about the attributes of God. And this last verse says, Galatians 5 and 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and do not entangle again with the yoke of bondage. We are no longer who we used to be. We are new. So that, that, that concludes everything. This is the introduction of what the fruit is. The fruit is the, the, the attributes of God through his nature and these are the attributes that we share and we are striving to 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 operate them with perfection that is our prayer that is our prayer